This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Uh, this week we're talking about working on the road. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that I kept a file from working on the road and then one that I did back in the studio here. So we can compare the two. So without further ado, Robbo's going to press the play button. This is the bite-sized business breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. Get caught up on the business headlines with the bite-sized business breakfast. Just the highlights, this is the bite-sized business breakfast. This is the bite-sized business breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. Get caught up on the business headlines with the bite-sized business breakfast. Catch up on the business headlines with the bite-sized business breakfast. So there you go. You can probably hear a bit of uh, room noise in the second one, more you know, reverb than anything else. But what do you guys think? I mean, is that kind of manageable, what you're hearing? Uh, for me, I, I could use that absolutely, but I'll I'll div- I'll divert to the uh, the man who really knows his stuff, George. Well... Here's the thing. Everything comes down to context and how it's going to be used. So clearly if this was, you know, if, if um, Andrew had recorded um, a job and then he was on the road and the client said, hey, we need you to record some corrections. So we need to pick up this line, this line, this line, and then throw that back in because it's going to be used as a corporate narration video, or corporate, you know, video, blah, blah, blah. In that context, probably wouldn't fly. You know, they because if you hear the two tracks in a vacuum, you know, without a mix, without production and music and everything, certainly when they're soloed out like that, you definitely hear the difference, as you guys could hear. It's the thing; it's all about the context. And if it if that file was dropped into a Pro Tools session with music and effects and sound on tape, whatever is on that mix, and you know going through some processing, that reverb tail you hear, that liveliness from the room would just kind of get swallowed up. It just wouldn't, you just wouldn't hear it. And so really at the end of the day, reverb, like a little bit of liveliness from the room is actually the, you know, easiest thing to deal with for the production. It's not going to be so noticeable in most cases. What is a problem to deal with is when the sound of the microphone is being colored somehow and how it's colored means basically or what color is the sound of the mic and your voice is what the mic is you know in close proximity to that's the biggest problem so so in your case andrew you're using what are you using for your setup well it was interesting i did something completely different for this trip and i used uh, an nt1 a rode nt1 large diaphragm condenser mic i used the rode ai1 uh, and I used a, um, and I can't even think it's like a, you know, the normal SE kind of, you know, mudguard thing or whatever you want to call it. That well, there's a reflection the, filter type thing yeah. behind the mic? Okay. Yeah, I used one of those, but I also had the uh, Portabooth Pro with me, so I grabbed the top of the Portabooth Pro and stuck it on the top of the, um, the, the, the thing I was using, huh. which I should get the name of. So I stuck that on the top um, just to stop any sound coming in from overhead off the ceiling. Yeah. Um, and then I would uh, get like a, an ironing board, put it up behind me and hang like a, a quilt or whatever you want to call it, a doona or duvet over the ironing board. 
mm-hmm. behind me. So anything coming in from behind was uh, hopefully stopped by that. Right. Um, and that was how I worked. But these were like really open, lively rooms. I mean, there was nothing in there. Yeah. It was just drywall. Lucky if I, there was carpet on the floor, but drywall and drywall ceiling. Um, so pretty lively rooms. So I thought it was, yeah. it to me, it, working on headphones while I was away, it didn't sound, I, I couldn't hear necessarily the reflection that much. Yeah. I must admit when I got back and put that file together that we just heard, then it was like, oh, it was pretty obvious. But right. one of the clients I did a session with, as I mentioned before the show, I sent it to him, but he just loaded it straight in, hit the processing before he started editing, and he couldn't tell the difference. So, Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. That's what I mean. It's, like, <laughs> it's all in the ear of the production and the beholder. Like um, In that context, it just whatever deficiencies were in the audio just disappeared. Yeah. They're just lost in the mix. So... So what kind of so the genre of what you're doing here? This is a for um, commercial. It's for radio. Is it promo? What what is this? Uh, the stuff I do when I'm on the road is always. Uh, and I'll tell you another tr- another thing I did as well, which I'll go into in a tick. But m- mostly it's um, it was radio uh, promos and imaging. Yeah, uh, that was the m- one half of the work I was doing while I was away. There were a couple of commercials I did. And uh, and the the other part was uh, the sessions for um, the TV network out of Singapore. And when mm. it came to those guys, I know they don't do anything. They don't do any processing necessarily when I send them files. So wow. that for me is an issue. So what I did was I also have a um, a Waves plugin, a, a Sheps seventy three, which is the yeah. his ten seventy three. Um, and I didn't use the EQ at all. All I used was the preamp, and for some reason I don't know, I don't know how this worked. But I'll go through when I do the edit. I'll um, get rid of the peaks, normalize to minus three, and then run it through the um, the Shep seventy three, just the preamp, not the EQ. And I've played that back here, and I tell you, it's pretty close. And for some, I don't know what it was doing, but it seemed to get rid of some of that liveliness out of the room. Huh. Work that one out. Yeah, that's bizarre. That's weird. I, yeah. I will say that the liveliness, so so reverb, so so you've got a couple different kinds of acoustical issues, right? One of them is what we call early early reflections. That's caused by the things that are close to the mic, the tabletop, the screen of your computer, the window that's right next to you, the all those hard surfaces that are near the mic, even surfaces that maybe not appear hard but are hard behind the layer of surface on the outside. So like you, what if you have foam over something else, you're still going to get some of that reflection off that thing. That yeah. is the early reflection. That you can somewhat correct for with EQ. That's when you sort of get that mid-range, boxy, hollow sound. You can maybe a little correct for that. Reverb is that is the now the sound is bounced off of multiple surfaces. You know, it's bounced off this wall, that wall, that wall. By the time it reaches its way back around the room and gets picked up by the mic, that's reverb. And that is can be reduced or exacerbated based on the processing you're using. If you use compression and limiting, that reverb will become more exaggerated. So if if Andrew, if you had applied something like a two to one compressor at, you know, minus fifteen threshold or something, that reverb would have been become that would have become more obvious. Mm. clearly would have been been made more obvious. If you use like an expander or an or a noise gate type thing, you can control the reverb time. So when the reverb decays away, 
the expander or the gate will close down and it will shorten the reverb time. So you can actually control it to some degree with processing. Yeah. And um, I've done that for some folks who are traveling where they just have to get a job done, but they're really worried about their sound of that room. I'll, I'll actually build them a processing chain to help correct for that. Andrew, have, have you, or Robo actually, have you used any of those kinds of tricks to mitigate reverb time in a file or is that ever a context of an issue you have to deal with? Yeah, definitely. Um, I used to work on a program, a, t- a, a news program here, similar to 60 Minutes called Sunday Night. And I, it, it started off as a real budget sort of program as opposed to the amount of money they splash on 60 Minutes. And I don't know what they were doing in terms of location sound, but I would get location sound that was just terrible. So, yeah. um, you know, early reflect, early reflections were. Hang on, smooth that out. So early reflections were my worst nightmare and a regular occurrence. Um, and actually, the gate uh, and um, uh, what's the fuck? It's gone out of my head. Uh, so the a gate and the C six uh, multi band um, compressor slash expander became my best friend. Um, oh wow! And I would just the gate more than anything. Um, would um, would sort of solve the situation, and then the C six just sort of where you could be a bit more frequency specific. You could sort of I, I sort of found you could almost push some of those later sounds out of the way, like actually just squash them right down, um, which yeah. sort of saved my ass on a couple of occasions. wasn't so much. It was always right. the gate was the biggest one, but um, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I haven't had it since, so that was probably like 10 years ago and haven't really seen it so yeah. much since. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's out there. Well, I know like Isotope and Waves both, I'm pretty sure. I know Isotope does. They they have, you know, D-reverb mm. plugins and they're designed to try to soak up that reverb. That is killer. And, and have you used any of those? Yeah, I, well, I've got the Isotope suite uh, yeah. and I do use that now. Yeah, occasionally on um, uh, on pod. In fact, I've got, <laughs> I've got a guy who I do a podcast for um, who really doesn't care about the sound of his podcast. We connect like right. we connect the same way we connect for this show over Source Connect. Sure. Now he dials in, yeah. But um, he leaves the door open, so there's birds chirping in the background, and I don't know <laughs> what room he's in, but I can't imagine there's any- anything if. There's much, if anything, on the walls, and there's certainly no carpet. So it's just right. this big echoey mess. Um, and it's the mic built into his Mac or what? Yeah, the mic just plugs into his Mac, and, and he sends that down the line, and, yeah. and you know, I just record it here. And, and then yeah, occasionally he'll send me the recording. Other times he'll forget. So um, Maybe instead of reading the newspaper, he's actually doing the podcast for his morning <laughs> constitutional. I don't know. But anyway, Probably. look, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, Isotope saves my butt regularly with yeah. that podcast yes indeed now talking about on the on the road though stuff apart from uh, plugins and processing um i did actually i've normally used the uh the porter booth pro from harlan hogan and i think out of doing this exercise i've worked out how i can make the porter booth pro work really really well um and that's pulling the mic out of the porter booth pro so it's actually instead of kissing the edge it's actually more out of the out of the uh, the booth do you reckon that will work, George? So, in essence, you're using the booth as like a reflection filter. Yeah. Kind of like those um, ones that curve around behind the mic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, 
the the theory behind that is totally makes sense. So so now the the mic isn't in that chamber; it's outside the chamber. Yeah. And you know, try as you may, whenever you create a chamber of any kind, even if it's made out of cloth, vinyl, plastic, and foam, and whatever it's made out of, it's going to have some character. It's going to have a character. It's going to have a sound. I mean, if it didn't, we wouldn't be arguing about what pop screen sounds good. Yes, that's you know, true. Uh, engineers will, will argue like, well, no, I like this pop screen. Or I like this pop screen. Or you got to take the windscreen off. It changes the sound of the mic, you know? They're so damn sensitive about every little thing. Well, if you add anything around the microphone, it's going to change the way the mic sounds. So the less you can do of that, the better. And um, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, the, like I said, the Portabooth Pro, has it's got a chamber behind it. And another thing you can do is get rid of the chamber. And a good buddy of mine here in, in New Jersey in the, in the U.S. known goes by Uncle Roy, and he's a voiceover producer. He's been a producer for a heck of a long time. Certainly knows his stuff. He experimented with just stuffing things in the back of the booth, like a teddy bear or some towels. And um, he, he said it's very effective. It really, it, if there's any of a chamber sound to that container, it kills it. And wow. uh, ends up sounding a lot better. So, you know, there are ways to to make an improvement on on what you're already doing. In fact, if you ever taken a speaker apart, take apart an old speaker, a good quality professional or you know high end speaker. It's not usually an empty box. It's actually usually has some fiber fill or some white cottony stuff inside, and that helps reduce resonance inside the box. So it's not all that different than a concept. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I think the key to this is um, experiment, but uh, try and learn from the professionals as well. That was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Yeah.